Hey, everybody. Welcome to week four of the This Means War podcast. This is Pastor Brian Smith, and with me is a super special guest today, Pastor Deb Klutz. Deb, say hi to everybody. Hey there. <laughs> so I'm really glad to have Deb with us because I think just in the ministry she's in, she probably sees this in all of our ministry leader staff. Uh, when we talk about spiritual warfare, she's probably deeper and knee-deep in than any of us. And so it's a real big honor to have you to talk about these hard topics today. Oh, yeah. Exciting stuff to talk about. And so one thing, if you weren't here last Sunday, we talked about deliverance from evil. We're following up on your questions and even a teaser question that we gave on Sunday's service. If you weren't here, oh, my goodness, Deb, it was a very special day. We talked about deliverance from evil. And if you missed Sunday, we really encourage you, go out to our YouTube channel, watch that service. You would see, you're going to see a church response uh, to this issue of deliverance from evil that's amazing, and we, we really hit on that topic of why did Jesus say pray every day to deliver us from evil, and because he is our rescuer, and we, have, and we had this house, and we showed all these rooms in our spiritual house, and how we all have these dark rooms that, that the enemy attaches to, and just gets big influence on our lives, and so Sunday was all around the board, a very special Sunday for our church, and now we're dealing with the ramifications of that. A lot of people are opening up a door, letting light in, and we're really busy this week. It's true. It's true, but it's such good, such yeah. good stuff. This is a church when we say be bold. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. There you go. Uh, there's, there's three questions we want to tackle today. One, one question is the one we teased you with on Sunday. We said, can a Christian be possessed? Can a, uh, and we said no. We just said no, but we're going to tell you why in a podcast. So we tease you to come listen in. And so I think when we, when we deal with that question, can a Christian be possessed, and we say no, I think the first question we have is, what is a Christian? Deb, do you want to, I think that's a broad definition. And Deb, do you want to kind of tackle that, let's be careful with that word a little bit? or Right. I mean, I think that, you know, so many think, well, if I live in America, then I'm a Christian, or yeah. if I go to church, I'm a Christian. But, you know, being a Christian is uh, very different than that as far as surrendering your life to Jesus and allowing him to take that sin and uh, to enter the core of who you are, to join your spirit from the inside out then. Yeah, and that... And Deb's exactly right. And as a Christian, it's a relationship with Christ, and that causes change inside. And, and, and the advocate, the one, the Holy Spirit, the gift in that relationship. So 70% of America says, I'm Christian, but you would, and many people, they don't even have a relationship in community or a relationship with Christ. It's just a tagline, right? And so. And there's no fruit. Right. There's really no evidence and fruit of it. So when we answer this question, can a Christian be possessed, we're talking about a born-again believer who's showing fruit in their life of a life that's now in Christ and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's how we're framing this question. And so we said, no, we, you cannot be possessed. And let's give you a couple of reasons why. Uh, one is that we believe possession, probably by its definition, is total dominance. Uh, the enemy inside a person has whole control and things like that. We talked about on Sunday in a Christian uh, the enemy can have influence and oppression, and, and, that's, and, and he, he does. He, he's relentless. He keeps after all of us, and he gets a hold of things in our lives. Uh, so there's a distinct difference there, but we don't believe um, that possession can happen because of who is in us. The biggest reason is Christians, true Christians, are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's not going to allow a demon to possess the same person he's dwelling 
And I think one of the big scriptures we talk, we talk about is, dear children, you are from God and you've overcome them because the one in, who's in you is greater than the one who's in the world. The one who is in us is the Holy Spirit. And because he's in us, God is in us and Jesus is in us. He's the one that brings God the Father in, Jesus the Son in us. And that dwells in us. And he has, as we've said over and over and over, more power and more authority over the enemy. So he's not going to let him have that, that space. And Debbie, you talked about as a core space. Right, right. You know, I like to visualize it. If you guys can just visualize with me for just a minute, you know, I like uh, the visual of, you know, there's a small circle and that's where your spirit is. That's the core of who you are, where your spirit is. And then a circle around that is your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And then around that circle would be your flesh, your body, the body house. So at the core when you invite Christ into your life and surrender to him and ask him to come in, the Holy Spirit joins your spirit at the core of who you are. And so he begins to work from the very core of your being to transform that fallen mind, fallen emotions, broken will, and it just transforms out. It's, you know, inside-out movement. And I think it's a great visual. I hope you guys are all catching that, is that he's at that core and he's seated there and it cannot be unseated. And, that's, and, that, and we're, we're being biblical here. We do not see anywhere in the New Testament where a believer has to have a demon exercised out of them. We don't ever see the word possession used, uh, we, but we do see influence and we do see oppression amongst even the apostles. They, they, they battle him too. So it's, it's biblically correct to say. And, and definitely it would be in that realm of the mind, the will, the emotion, the flesh, uh, that the enemy would be messing with Christ's followers. Yeah. I think Paul writes to the church at Rome, he says, in Romans 8.38, he says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height or death nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's that indwelling, who's in us because of the indwelling spirit. And that's why we believe he can't have that core. Exactly. And that should give us confidence as Christians, give us, always give us hope. And, and, and for maybe the note we've been saying every week is Christians quit being fearful. Respect the enemy mm-hmm. uh, in a way that he has power and authority. I mean, don't, don't neglect that, but don't give him room with fear. And because of who's in you, you can take authority over the enemy as well. Absolutely. Do you think we answered that question pretty good? I, I do. Now, Deb brought up a point this week from Sunday's sermon. We're talking about the steps to be delivered from evil. We talked about healing. And Deb brought up a point I think we'd like to tack on now where we're talking about Christians and believers. And Deb, do you want to just kind of run with that point? I think it's a really good point that we need to add into today's yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think it's an important thing to, dis, you know, just to distinguish in our thinking that a lot of times I think Christians try to put a scripture band-aid over the issue, the, the healing that's needed, whether it's bitterness, whether it's unforgiveness, that really gives the enemy a base of operation if we let it stay there. Right. And so, you know, we might put a scripture on top of that and say, well, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, um, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. I don't have to deal with that. You know, I'm a new person in Christ. Well, that does not heal. The scripture does not heal. Right. Uh, there is a healer, and his name is Jesus. And so you have to sit in that. You have to press into that uh, bitterness or whatever it might be and invite him into that for the healing. He's the healer. 
He's the wonderful he counselor. The, the scripture is not the healer, but the scripture is definitely our weapon. And it's also what tells us what's right and wrong. Mm. Um, but it's what we go, it's our offensive and defensive weapon against the evil one. But it's not the healer. The healer is Jesus Christ. And I hope you're all hearing that point. I think it's important what we really use as the last point. You have to heal that dark space that you confess and let, let, let God back into like, through Christ. That When the light pours into that room, if you don't heal that room, you give a lot of room for the enemy to come right back in. So I hope we're all hearing what Deb's saying is really important. Is You just can't necessarily throw, I, I want to be careful here, Scripture is, is truth for us. It's how God reveals himself. But Christ is healer, and knowing that that, relationship with him builds that strength back in that room and then you can actually lock the enemy out and i think that's why so many christ followers find themselves in that sin confess sin confess that defeated state cycle because over they're over. really not dealing with the real issue and the door cannot be closed and sealed because yeah. it hadn't been dealt with so good let's jump to the second question this one theologically is it's it's not tough but it's tough this question and if if, if a christian cannot be possessed, can a non-believer be possessed? And uh, Debbie, you want to take first shot? This one, yeah, you want to take first shot at it? I'm going to put sure you can. on a I mean, you know, I think Scripture is very clear that demons are still at work today. Yeah, that, absolutely. That uh, demonics have not gone away. And so I think anybody who does not have the protection of Christ in them would be uh, open, an open book for the enemy to step in. And many times there's invitations for that given through sin and lifestyle and, and you know, various things. And so I do believe that a non-Christian can be possessed yeah. in the sense of just almost total domination. And I say almost total because I don't believe that there's ever a time when Christ can't break through, yeah. that there's always that opportunity. Jesus is greater. Possession's like the best word we have in the English language to kind of describe the Greek word here. And it, what we see in the pictures of the, of the varying stories of non-believers and the dominance, like Deb said, they're retracted from society, they're crazed, they're cutting themselves, all these things we see in Scripture, we can definitely see the dominance. And I don't want to get into the semantics of, is that is about the word possession itself. It's just the best English word that we have, but it's so dominated. And, and the difference here that Deb brought up earlier is they don't have the Holy Spirit at the core. And, and without that, that just puts them in a really bad place. But we want to remind everybody that while we believe possession is real, or whatever word we're going to use, because there's levels of dominance that we see in all these stories, the reality is everybody's accessible to God and available to be cured. And, but it's only in non-believers do we see the word exorcism used. We don't see that with Christians or with true believers, but we do see exorcism. So that's the difficulty of removing something that's seated and replacing that with right. the Holy Spirit in the core there. So, yeah. But I think I, there's always hope. There's always there's hope. There's always hope. And we want to, that's again, not fearing when you see somebody. I think in all my travels around the world, I've seen two or three times, and as a paramedic, seeing people that are so... I mean, so crazed and so dominated. And every time I see it, it just shakes me to kind of the core to see somebody so dominated by mm -hmm. mental health. Uh, obviously, we know these are spiritual issues too, and you know the enemy has a good foothold in uh, most of their life. And it's just like, it's a spooky thing to behold. 
And so it is, and and I've encountered, had a few encounters as well. Yeah. And I think one was a rape victim, mm. and uh, wow, where that took her was a very dark place. Yeah. But we know there's always hope, and that's why we have the biblical stories because almost all those demonic people were saved and, and brought out of that, and so that's where our hope lies. Again, don't be afraid of these things when you encounter it in the world because greater is he who's in you to even conquer and give other people freedom. So, we ready for the third question? I believe so. So the third question, this is, you guys are awesome. Every week we get uh, some questions that really help us, and we got this one submitted after Sunday's service on deliverance from evil. And here's the question. It says, in Job, the book of Job, chapter 1, Satan is with the angels and Jesus. And so the question is, are the heavenly realms the same as or include heaven? So what they're talking about in Job 1 is that you see Satan approach God in heaven. And, and then you see the, the scripture verse we're using every week uh, in our sermon series is Ephesians 6, which talks about um, our, our, our wrestle, our fight isn't against flesh and blood, it's against dominions and powers and authorities in the heavenly realms is the way. You, so if you don't mind, Deb, I'll jump in this first. Let's talk about there's two different terms being used here. Uh, when we talk about heavenly realms. And so in Ephesians 6, it's using that word heavenly realms, which is used. There's a different Greek word when we use the word heavenly realms. And it's talking about the spirit world in general. The word heaven itself is a wholly distinct different word. It is about the place where God dwells, where Christ dwells at his right hand now. Those are two different words. So when you see heavenly realms, mostly in Scripture, that reference is actually describing the spirit world in general, where Satan and demonic forces and everybody realms. Heaven is not his free realm. Heaven is not. And so, Debbie, you want to jump in on the next point? Why, why, what was Satan doing in God's presence? When, when we say God is holy, uh, he's not evil, can't be in a presence, that which is, there's truth to that. But yet we see a time where Satan actually approaches him. We see Satan approach Jesus. We see, so, can you help us wrestle with that a little bit? You know, it's really interesting because it's almost a court room motive yeah. imagery. It's a good image. And so um, it's like the heavenly beings in the courtroom and Satan is allowed to approach the bench, so yeah. to speak. And so it's a very interesting picture uh, what we're getting there. But, you know, the Lord is dominant. God is supreme. Right. Um, so he is certainly not scared of evil, or uh, evil would not be dominant over him in any way, shape, or form. And the Bible is also very clear that Satan cannot move without God's exactly. permission. So we know God doesn't do Sovereignty. evil, but he allows him, at least for a time, to be able to, but God is sovereign. And we see that in the book of Revelation, how evil ends. It's just, we're going to talk about that this Sunday, so I don't want to steal away from that. Right. We're going to talk about the victory this Sunday, but you'll see how sovereign God really is through Christ in this. So Satan can, in Job 1, God allows him in the courtroom mm -hmm. to approach him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, people's, and so we, we have to, what Deb said, we have to believe this, that God is sovereign over evil, that he can be approached by it. But he still has, and guys, we have to believe that because what we see in Jesus, that's God coming down to earth, perfect and holy. And yet he confronts Satan again. Mm -hmm. uh, we see the Holy Spirit in us, which is God's presence in us, and yet we are not perfect beings. And it's all because of Jesus. And what he did is why that can happen now. 
Same holiness. Same holiness in all of those pictures that you just gave. So... So we're hoping it helps a little bit. Heavenly realms is a different theological concept or word that describes all the spirit realm. Heaven's, heaven describes God's domain. Where and, and also in Revelation 21, this again, we want to keep going away from fear to hope one day we will be in a new heaven and new earth with God. There will be no evil. It'll be vanquished forever. This is what is the supreme hope for all Christians. Yes. Is that we're going to be in heaven there with God and evil will be destroyed gone. It can't come back. And I hope that gets us all excitement about that one. Makes me want to do rapture practice. <laughs> yeah, rapture practice. <laughs> um, so that's our big three questions. Debbie, is there anything else we can add today to this podcast? Uh, you know, I can't think of anything. I'm just glad we're tackling this subject because I think that so many uh, Christ followers have questions yeah. and it's not addressed very often. And I think it's helping us differentiate the sensational that we see in movies and things with reality of really what goes on every day, um, from dominance, possession, to influence, to all these things, but to realize from a biblical standpoint, don't be afraid. But also, let's get him out of our house. But we're going to talk about this week. Let's go after those who are dominated by him. And this right. is a big part of spiritual warfare. So far, we've just talked about our war, mm-hmm. warring inside of us. This week, we're going to talk about the mission of the church, and that is a big part of the spiritual war. Right, right. Yeah, the, you know, the flip side of that, too, would be uh, to not pretend it doesn't exist. Right. You know, not to uh, participate in the things that would open doors. Yeah. So, yeah, so just the reality that they're, Satan is real, d- demons are real, they're still active, and yet we do have authority in Christ. And we win. And we win. We love the phrase, we were fighting from victory, from victory. Not, not for it. Mm-hmm. And so, well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Deb, for joining us. This is fun. I'm excited. We got one more week this week as we wrap up the series. So keep sending us questions. We'll keep answering them. We'll see you on next week's podcast. Thanks for joining us.